What's happening? What's going on? It's your man, Pastor Ferguson, along with my brother, Mitchell Harper. What's going on, Mitchell? What is happening? How you doing? Man, I am better now for being here. I'm glad to be with you and everything. It's good to be on the Safe House Podcast. We in the building. We online. If you are with us in any way, shape, or form, make sure you share the podcast with people right now. Go on. If you're on Facebook, hit the share button. If you are on YouTube, you know what to do. You can copy the link. You can share. You can text. You can do whatever you got to do. But make sure that you share because people need to know what's going on. It's good to be with everybody once again. And because we're here, we know that God is real. Trust me. I know that God is real. So remember, if you're online with us, share your questions, your thoughts, all kind of things in the chat we are looking, we are watching for your comments. It is not an accidental thing. I literally have all this technology in front of me <laughs> to make sure that we don't miss anything that you are trying to say. And there is no such thing as a ridiculous question because it's the only ridiculous question is the one that is not asked. So make sure that you do what you got to do. And you make this podcast go because of your comments, because of your input. So, as always, to get it out of the way, we meet online every Wednesday at 6.30-ish. We're going to be honest, okay? <laughs> we be about 6.30-ish because life be life in sometimes. But I'm glad that you're on. Also, 10 a.m. every Sunday here at Claire United Methodist Church, we are in worship together we are on the road to community wellness, part four this Sunday, the last part of this series to open up the year. We can't wait to see you here in the building and online on all of our platforms. And just as a preview, because of course you got to get ahead of the game. Always. We got a new series coming for February for Black History Month. We're not just black in February. We black 365 days a year and in leap years, 366. Yeah. So the series for next month that'll start on the first Sunday is called Not Free Until We Are All Free. Mm. And if you have checked out anything on our social media or anything like that, you have seen some of these titles. And trust me, we are not playing games with nobody in February. You know, we say it loud around here. We black. And we proud, for real. So meet us this February all month long. It'll bless your life in some way, shape, or form. Now that we got all that out of the way, I was given a phone call today from one of our members, one of our regulars, my godson Nick, called me earlier today, and he made a special prayer request because his mom is going in for surgery. Mm -hmm. And he just said, and I quote, I'm freaking out. And you know, it's different when you're worried about your parent, whether it's a simple thing or not. And to add on to that, my mother goes in for a procedure on tomorrow. So as we pray together, and actually Nick is showing up right now. Hmm. What's up, man? All right. We got your, look, we already got your mom on the prayer line basically, okay? Oh, for sure. We're about to pray now. So I know there may be many other requests, but it seems like this has been a season, especially dealing with health and other things. And I want to just make sure that we take a moment 
to pray very intentionally um, as we open up tonight because there are no guarantees, but the only guarantee we have is that God is able. Amen. Amen. So, God, thank you for this evening and for allowing us to be in this space together. I thank you because I know that you are more than able to do what no other power can do. And even in these moments, God, I ask that you would just be in the midst of any and every medical and physical circumstance. We pray for Nick's mom tonight as she prepares to be in the hands of surgeons. We pray for my mother tonight as she prepares to be in the hands of surgeons. God, I thank you for those that are a part of our congregation that have recently gone under surgeries and other things and other procedures. Thank you for bringing them through and thank you for their healing that is happening even now. God, I thank you because we know that in you, we have the promise that all things work together for good to those who love you. So we're trusting in you tonight to do all things well, even in advance. And as we open up into the word and get into conversation tonight, be with us and meet us here even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So we're finishing up kind of a series of discussions on selective outrage. And um, the title tonight is Let God Cook. Now, only among three of us <laughs> does this title make us all laugh because of conversations that have gone on at least for the last few weeks. Every once in a while, you might have heard one of us say, you know, just let them cook. Let them cook. Just let them cook. And and tonight we're going to talk about how God gets things done. Because one of because again, one of the one of the great challenges and difficulties that we deal with and we shouldn't be dealing with and I can't believe we still deal with is how people question so hard on what God chooses to do mm. with us and how God chooses to use us and how God decides to get the job done. So before we even enter into the text or anything else, Mitchell, help me, uh -oh. help me because they, they say I'm a learned it man. They say that I'm just a, I'm just a dude with a bunch of papers and a bunch of debt. <laughs> That's everybody. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm just trying to look. I'm just trying to be honest in the streets. Mm -hmm. That's all. After the last two weeks of us discussing things around this, and I guess it's an ongoing talk mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um. Why do we still? Why why do we still have this this energy about trying to tell God how to make a thing happen? And and, and I'm not necessarily asking for concrete answers. I'm asking for like real opinion because sometimes I I I, I don't get I, I don't get how 
human beings have turned into like Pinocchio on steroids. Mm. Uh oh, say more. <laughs> I'm a real boy. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, like, like uh, and, and and for those of you that don't know these wonderful old stories, not not in the room, but on those online about Pinocchio. Pinocchio was nothing but wood. It was made, it was a puppet. And Geppetto wanted a son, and there was the dream and the hope that he could become a real boy, and then he became a real boy. But the difference was he was so happy to be a real boy that he just fell into the arms of Geppetto. But we 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 be trying to tell the creator how to do creator's job, you know? So help me understand if you can. I can't. Okay, since you can't help me understand, <laughs> give me give me your thoughts as to why we have lost our minds that much. Uh, Because deep down, I think we, this is obviously just a generalization, but mm-hmm. we have convinced ourselves that Despite the circumstances, we're always going to do, we're going to have enough information and enough self-awareness to always make the right decision. Mm-hmm. And so when that decision is contrary to the, to the decision that we would make, we think, well, somebody must not be taking everything into consideration here. God mm-hmm. must not have the full context of my situation. And if he only knew <laughs> what I was going through, his answer or his his decision making may mm-hmm. be a little different so that I can thrive and prosper and be happy and all these beautiful things. So what you're telling me is we actually generalization. Generalization. <laughs> that we think that God is like us. Therefore, we since we know how to deal with us per se that God should bend God's will to us because then we would find completion and success. Yeah, but I also think that there's an aspect of it that, yeah, we get to deal with God a lot, but we also got to deal with other people a lot. Uh And other people got a habit of not only letting us down, Mm-hmm. But if I may be so blunt, really screwing us over sometimes. Yes, sir. And so I think sometimes it's hard to not take some of that hurt. I don't necessarily want to call it bitterness, but like some of that hurt mm-hmm. and not put it onto God when we feel like things just aren't fair or things just aren't the way that we think that they should be in order for the world to be the way we think it should be. Mm. That's interesting. So. We got to deal with people. We got to deal with God. We got to deal with all these different things. So to me, that suggests, right, to me, that suggests that if we are dealing with all these different entities, part of us has to deal with do we really know who we say we know? Hmm. Do we really, do we really 
know God. I think a lot of us probably know the version that we have allowed ourselves to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is a version that we embrace. That's what there's a version we embrace. So that version that we embrace comes from a place. Mm-hmm. Right? So so it comes from a place. And whatever version that is, that's what we lean into. Whatever version that is, that's who we hold on to. That's who we address. That's who Okay. Usually the traumatic parts. <laughs> Need a mic. Need a mic. I was just curious about um, you say that about us knowing God, and then we also was in the part of our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. How does that differ in the knowing and the relationship with God? I don't know if I'm asking it right, but I think I think I understand what you're saying. Seeing knowing and knowing someone is rooted in relationship. So, for instance. I can tell you the the moment that I think I really started to know Mitchell. I've met Mitchell, I've talked with Mitchell, all that stuff. But the moment that I really got to know him was at annual conference. Mm. Mm. Because we spent time. Relationships take time. Getting to know somebody takes time, right? And so in the same way, we don't always take the time we think we're taking to know people. People that, people that know me know this. If you want to get me a gift, you don't get me a gift based upon what you want to give me. You get it based upon what you get to know about me. Right? Most people should know that the greatest gift in the world to me is the honest one. Because if I tell you that I'm, that I got a giant of a son that I'm still trying to raise and I don't know if I could get four or five jobs to, to, to feed them, the greatest gift you could give me a hundred dollars <laughs> because they'd probably take that much to make him survive. You, you see what I'm saying? These are jokes, but when you get to know people, mm-hmm. you learn certain things about them. Yep. When we get to know God, there's certain things you learn about God. Mm-hmm. But that also has to be intentional. Intentional. I think I think we're always in relationship in whatever capacity, right? Like regardless of how intimate or or not, but like really yeah, getting to know somebody also leaves you in a position of also being known. So like there's a certain level of vulnerability that goes along with building that relationship. That makes sense. So if we know God like we think we do, then however God wants to get something done or however God wants to get a point across should never surprise us. (laughs) Yeah. If... If God can use a donkey to get a message across, if you know God, that shouldn't shock you. It might surprise you a little bit, but it shouldn't shock you because if you know God, you know God is the creator. God can what? Literally change 
the design on a dime. Any time God gets ready, when Israel went into battle, mm. sun was held in, in, it was held in, in place yeah. so they could fight and win. The only place that you see the sun out for a long period of time or like for six months, like all day, every day, is a part in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Six months of just straight light. Six months of darkness. But in the book, we see about God holding light in place so that Israel could win a battle. Not like 24 hours stopped, but God changed the condition in order for a thing to work out. So if we know God, we should not be surprised when God chooses different methods to get things done. To act like God. (laughs) Really, I, I started the thing, I created the thing, I can do whatever I want. That's God. But sometimes we <laughs> act as if God no longer has that kind of ability. Mm-hmm. And so we have unreasonable debates in Christendom no. about how something gets done. May I bring up something that happened yesterday? Oh, boy. Yesterday at the joint session of Baptist conventions down in Memphis, Tennessee, you know what the biggest story was? Dr. Gina Stewart preached at the joint session. Uh oh. Now some of y'all in Uh-oh. here, some of y'all in here looking at me kind of strange, <laughs> but here's why that was so important. You had a joint meeting of all the major. African-American Baptist conventions, a joint session, and we know that all of them do not agree with women preaching. But Gina Stewart got up there like she does at her church every Sunday, like she does as the president of the Lot Carey Missionary Convention and all that stuff, and as it was said, all over my timeline, she did what she always does. She absolutely destroyed the house. <laughs> That's not a shock to those of us that got good sense. Right. But because it shook everybody, not the ones that, that have right theology about God using whoever God chooses, it, was, it wasn't a shock to them, but then to the others that showed up that may have never, ever entertain the idea, they got their whole head blown off because she's one of the best preachers, period, on planet Earth. And people still have debates about women preaching. We still have questions about who God chooses. Mm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. People still fighting about this stuff because they take the text out of context. But what did we just read two weeks ago? Like if it's if it's of man, it's not going it's not going to work. So, like, how are you going to tell me that this person who clearly knows what they're doing ain't qualified or ain't doesn't have the whatever to be allowed to meet people where they need to be met to know God better? Because you just said it a few minutes ago. People only want to deal with the version of God they know. 
not with the God that God is. There's a, there's a, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with the God, the real one. They want to deal with the version of God that they've either been presented or they just hold on to. And so because of that, they still have these hangups, not thinking and not realizing there's still revelation that God can unveil mm-hmm. about how God wants to make a thing happen. Go, go ahead. You know how with when we deal with our children, we, we tend to have an idea of our child that is unrealistic to the reality of their behavior. Yes. I think what happens a lot of times is people do not want to separate the idea of God creating us in his image so he has to be like us. We still want to associate God with the disease of humanity. Mm-hmm. If if that if that makes sense cuz cuz I, I really really um I really am am right in tune with the Pinocchio analogy. You know, the the puppet master does not necessarily display the 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 uh the movements of mm-hmm. the puppet. Right. It, it it's not mutually exclusive. It it doesn't work both right. ways. Right. You know, so so let's let's enter the text a little bit yeah. because I want us to begin to I want us to look at God through a different lens tonight. If that that, that sound that sound all right? Sounds fine. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Whatever however you see God in your relationship right now, I'm not gonna say it's right, wrong or indifferent, because all of us have our encounter with God. I think that for the most part in the room, our our general, how do I want to put it, our general approach to God is through Christ, right? Like our general, our general approach to seeking God came through our encounter with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about at least in this room, mm-hmm. okay? So that's that's base. That's all of us same page base. But how we then see God and how we see ourselves being used by God right. can be very, very different. So I want us to bring our stuff to the table, so to speak, and let's just begin to kind of unpack this, If all right? 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31 is where we are. You want me to read it or you want to read it? I want to read a, read a little bit. We're going, we're going, let's just go a little <coughs> bit at a time just so we can try to <laughs> – one of the few things I don't want people to choke on, I want us to try to digest as we go along, okay? English Standard Version, starting in verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning 
I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Hmm. Hmm. Y'all good? <laughs> For the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's stop there for a second. Mm-hmm. Paul comes out the gate and calls the word of the cross folly. But it's folly to the perishing. Right. Those of us who are being saved in constant state of rescue, the word of the cross is power. It's the power of God. Mm -hmm. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Now, is that a good thing? Oh, it's a great thing. <laughs> sounds, sounds maybe like not such a great thing. But, 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 here's, but here's why it's great. Here's why it's great. Think about this. Where's the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is, here it is, the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? <laughs> for since the wisdom of God, for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't see God through wisdom wisdom or through knowledge <laughs> it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who who believe you got to have faith to believe in Jesus Christ for real for us to have a podcast that talks about things in the word of God to be in a place that is known as a church house to open up every week at minimum on a Sunday for at least an hour and a half every Sunday to talk about somebody we ain't never seen face to face and believe the story <laughs> as if we were there yesterday mm. takes faith. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. 
we get up every Sunday and after preached and done all the stuff, we offer an invitation to people to believe in something that we have presented as, as some preachers say now, and you've heard me say it every once in a while after a sermon, thank you for allowing me to stand up and offer my convictions mm. on Jesus Christ, because that's literally what we do. <laughs> thank you for listening <laughs> to my convictions regarding the life, death, burial, resurrection, and the power of Jesus Christ. That's literally what people listen to every week. That is foolishness. They are doing then, not what we do in here now. They out in the street, they out in the courtyard, they out in all these different open spaces, talking this stuff, going from city to city, all around the Mediterranean, talking about this on a regular basis. They actually get money to make sure that their ships are, are taken care of, going to seafarer cities, going to places where there are intellectuals, where there are business people, all these different kinds of people in all these different cities and still talking about the exact same thing all the time. And there are people that accept it. <laughs> and there are philosophers that still try to figure out a way to debate it and they can't. They didn't pick it up in wisdom but we present it as folly to those that only think of things in this manner. Mm -hmm. And God decides to use the foolish thing. That's deep to me. Why wouldn't God, why wouldn't God just go ahead and save some philosopher so the philosopher could talk to the philosopher and cause the philosopher to come to Jesus? Because yeah, there there is a place for wisdom, right? Like, like we we do we do encourage wisdom to a certain degree, right? We don't all want to be out here walking around like fools, but like, yeah, like what's that balance? Like, is there? Do we? Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense because it because for me it's like it's it's how how does this word how does this message go out like this? I mean, have you ever considered, like, if you study this, have you ever considered, you talk about people, we're talking about a day and age where the philosophies of certain people have lasted the test of time, and some of us that have gone to college and other places, or even way back in the day, this is what I learned, back in the day, when, like, my grandfather was in school and all that, they used to learn this stuff in high school. Yeah. Like they would have to remember and quote and memorize whole sections of Aristotle and all these different things. It used to freak me out. I'm like, how are you doing all this? But they used to have to do all this. This stuff has lasted the test of time, thousands of years, yeah. right? And these cats, <laughs> disciples and those that came after them, went out during the times of these different thinkers still preaching and teaching this gospel, causing people to come. Something that Socrates couldn't do. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, you, you feel what I'm saying? That, to me, suggests not only the, not the power of who was preaching, but the power of the message. 
that the message could penetrate the minds and hearts of people, no matter their background, no matter their status in life. And it was done in a way that would be considered to be foolish. And yet, it kept on drawing people. Therefore, my question continues to be, how then do we limit God so much in 2024? And how the message of the gospel can get out and still have that same power and that same draw. That, that's where this letting God cook thing comes from because sometimes you need to just go back and re realize God, God's always had this. We were just invited along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Got the map, got the directions, got the, got everything. Talking and about Jesus take the wheel when we was never in the driver's seat in the first my place. My God in heaven. Say that again. <laughs> Say we talking about Jesus take the wheel and we were never in the driver's seat in the first place. Never. Going to take the wheel to something that, he all, that it was already under control. So that, so when we're digesting this, I want to see how people are digesting this because I see Mike in people's hands now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wouldn't this be a situation of perception is reality? You know, you're not necessarily a big fish, but mm. your 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 fish bowl is small enough to make you believe you are. You know what I mean? So when you, because I understand what you're asking, why do we continue to pigeonhole God? But if our box is so is, is small, mm -hmm. how do we perceive it? How do we perceive God to be larger than the box? Yeah, I think that's a that's 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 part of the journey. I think, right? Like that's that's the that's the the process. Um, then the question that I'm asking is: is how do you grow the box? Mm. Or could the question be: how did we establish a box in the first place? How did we establish limits to begin with? Now, is that a, is that an issue of <clears throat> the situation itself, or is that the issue of the message being watered down as, as time has gone on? I wouldn't call the message being watered down. It's more, so, so let's look at it this way. The message, the message has never been watered down. The message has never been watered down. Let me say it one more time with <laughs> the same emphasis. Mm -hmm. The message has never been watered down. Messages have been. And the reason they have been is because, again, we have not seen God, general statement, we have not seen God as God. So, which brings up point one, which is when we are dealing with watching God work, letting God work, and getting out of God's way, we got to come with some humility, Go ahead, go ahead. Because now that just that just brought a whole a whole another question in in my head. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you touched on humility. Mm -hmm. God continues to bless mm -hmm. and reveals Himself to be God mm -hmm. in situations that we definitely could not handle. Okay. And. 
And rather than accept God's power being God's power, we somehow take onus and ownership of the situation. Like we had something to do with the outcome. And it continues to self-perpetuate. You keep thinking that, boom, it's because of of what I'm doing for God or or what I'm doing, what God is doing through me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I I feel like I'm not asking the right question. It may not be a question you need to ask. How How is it that man thinks he's so smart, first of all? Who told him he was smart? Who told the man that he had intelligence? So, 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 y'all, so, so, this is what y'all both are saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all both got the nerve to say real deep stuff, but I'm going to sum it up this way. You talking about co-opting God's power, <laughs> and you're talking about basically we forgot where we came from in Genesis. Yeah. Actually, my thing is, from the time that Adam, or from Adam and Eve, and when they ate from the tree, everybody has been assumed with that knowledge, and so they are exploiting it to thinking that they are actually thinking like God, but when we're actually not, mm-hmm. it should be based on what we are being shown throughout history. And people tend to forget that we were created by uh, a super being that is beyond our control. And we left uh, uh, the knowledge of uh, our ancestors throughout the year over the centuries to be uh, our guidelines. And we should be, be you know, thinking we are not God. We are just simply a, a, a being that was created, and he wanted some more than just himself. So when we actually, when he actually took the main reins, when he died and rose again, that is the time that we should be thankful that he is taking in control of everything and just follow what he is telling us. And since everything has been watered down, because if you look at all the Bibles that most of the religions have changed over the years, they have uh, uh, took out things that shouldn't have been never taken out from the uh, Hebrews in the first place. And we leave uh, with the thoughts of why. I mean, who and who who give you the authority to take out? this word or that word because you are you're afraid that you are not going to be like God but when you should be realizing we were never in control in the first place well, I think I think that's that's the interesting piece for me is that like when you think about Genesis 3 yeah right and the serpent comes and says what's what I, I want to make sure I say it right he says if you eat of this tree you will become like God, mm-hmm. which maybe wasn't wrong, right? I, whatever. But like the realization 
that we were already like God. And he and he convinced the serpent convinced them that you 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 now need to feel like you need to overcompensate for something that you don't need to overcompensate for. And so because of that desire to overcompensate, we feel like we got to grow and we feel like in order for us to grow, we've got to put some sort of constraint on who God is because it, it feels like it's almost like one of those things where you only have so much air. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, if I'm going to have all the air that I need, God can't be taking up as much air as, as he, as, as God's going to take up. So, so here's the, so here's a, here's another piece. And I, and I've, and I've preached from this and I've taught from this for so many years now. Um, one of my favorite things to say is people always try to suggest that Adam or Eve were really like some ridiculously dumb children. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that wasn't the case. Right. So for instance, because, and y'all, and I think I've preached the particular sermon here. If I haven't, I've taught from this. The issue was not about Eve's understanding of what God said, mm -hmm. because when Eve talked to the serpent, yeah. she said, that God said not to even touch mm -hmm. the tree. So it shows a level of understanding that the very nature of touching the tree would lead to picking from the tree, which then leads to eating from the tree. Yeah. Slippery okay. slope. Right. <laughs> now, if we touch it, we will die. Mm. So she had a deeper understanding, and I need people to stop scapegoating Eve so much. Please. She had a better understanding than even Adam about the depth of what was going to happen by encountering the tree. The serpent was out of order. Nobody, I've, and I've, I've read it, I've studied it with people, I've talked with people, nobody has ever told me out the gate until I bring it up in the conversation. Nobody ever said to me, why was the serpent talking in the first place? Nobody ever goes to that first. We go to what happened and the result. The problem was the created thing was out of order. Because what scripture says, they were created in their kind. Yeah. So ain't none of the rest of them. <laughs> and 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 what did God and what did, and what authority did God give them to name everything? So they already knew their function. And how did they know the function of everything in there? Because they walked with God every day. Yeah. Which goes all Exactly. But here, but here it comes. Now here it comes. This is where we start to look at this thing and it comes full circle. The question you raised earlier was what? The difference between knowing and relationship. Mm -hmm. If I got a relationship with God, no serpent can tell me. Right. Right. That I'm not already like. Like doesn't mean you are. Correct. You are walking in image and likeness. likeness. Right. And what was and what was humanity's job supposed to be? To oversee the affairs of the earth. Not to not to own it, not to create, but to oversee mm -hmm. as God oversees all. Right. That was the job. That was the original job. 
God knew, hey, if I create all this, I wanted to be what? Like, wait, <laughs> here's how you bring up scripture in all different contexts. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you think that's accidental language? Right. Correct. That was how it was supposed to be. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. If my job was supposed to be to oversee the affairs of that which God created, <laughs> then I need to understand that it is a privilege to be created in the likeness, the image of God, and then to be able to carry out things like God and to be able to walk with God without any hindrance. But to also have the understanding that the reason why it's not on earth the way that it is in heaven is because of me. So, like, it's got to be less of me because I'm the reason we're in this mess in the first place. So now, so now, here we are. Let's bring it full circle. Mm -hmm. Why would people think that this word is so foolish when they're perishing? Because some people are perishing and they don't realize they are because they have convinced themselves that they are not in trouble. Mm -hmm. So when they hear a message that says, nah, player, you in trouble. And you need, you need somebody to get you out of this because there's no guarantee you're going to make it. And we don't like talking like this because, no, it's real. There's this things I can't do on my own and I keep on trying and it don't work. I need somebody to get me out. What's, what's that famous poem where he says, uh, I thank whatever God may be for my unconquerable soul. Oh, my God. Where he just thinks that, I'm cool. I don't. I, I got it. But like, even in that moment, he has to acknowledge that I got to thank God because the only reason I get to be in this situation now he's overinflated himself. But he still has to have that realization of like, if I if I can't put this into the proper perspective, even if I think I'm a conqueror, I can't be without God right. giving it to me. Mm -hmm. Now, at minimum, there's still a level of humility in it. Mm -hmm. At minimum, I can't be whatever I'm perceived to be. Unless God makes it so, mm -hmm. that that that's a we may want a little bit more, but let's just, let's start there. If you understand, you can't do what you do without the Lord. They, they, okay, you understand out the gate. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't do this unless the Lord make it possible. But we we try to because it's. Difficult, I think, and it may, maybe because it's strong, but it's possible that bec that the fact that it's difficult means that I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, never mind. Keep going. No, I no, had I, it. I lost it. No, Keep it's going. okay. Okay. Keep so, going. <laughs> so, the humility is the humility is we do what we do, and we're given the privilege to do it, and we can't do it on our own. Mm -hmm. And even as foolish as it is, it's still the opportunity to do something that's extremely powerful. But then understand this. The second thing is we have to understand that God always has the strategy. <laughs> God has the strategy. God has the strategy. Um, can you take mm -hmm. from 26, verse 26, to the end of the selected text? So that would be 26 through 31. Let's see, Is that for considering? Yeah. For considering your calling, brothers, not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. 
but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. All the things that God sets up, how are things going to get done? Who God chooses to get it done through? We're in the position that we're in because God allows it to be so. And here it is. God uses the foolish thing. God, or here it is. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. If, here's a sports analogy, mm -hmm. if the number one seeds in every tournament are considered to be the best teams, then that would mean that every tournament should end with a number one seed being champion. That's the logic, right? Mm -hmm. The logic is the best should win every time. But what do we know? That's why you play the game. That's why That's why you play the game. No, but wait, wait, wait. Uh, what, what, did, what did Herm Edwards say? You play to win the game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what he said. What did Dennis Green say way back when? I can't say it all, but he said, you know, he, he had it was a horrible loss as coach of the Cardinals. Mm. And they shouldn't have lost. Yeah. Oh. But they got raced. And he was they You are. ain't never seen a coach so hot in your life. Go and find the clip. He was hot. Who we thought, thought they, they were. were. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs> Come on, man. Now, that's sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People go into things in this world. They got money. They got power. They got authority. And here you come with Jesus. Mm. How are you going to tell me that I am messed up? How are you going to tell me that I am not blessed? How are you going to tell me that I need God? Do you see me? Mm. Yeah, I see you. Ah. And I'm not knocking people that got stuff. I'm talking about arrogant people that believe they don't need anything pertaining to their soul. There are people that ain't got... <laughs> there are people that walk around 
How you gonna have a rich walk and you ain't even rich for real? And you act arrogant around everybody because of what you think you have. And then you roll up on the person, they ain't loud, they don't talk a whole lot, they mind their business, but you can't stand them because they don't react to you showing up in the room and all that stuff, and you think you better than them because of how you walk and you have all this going on, but that person that don't say nothing got more peace than you. And you don't understand. Why aren't you looking up to me? Why ain't you? Because they got something that you need, but you haven't been willing to what? Say so. Think about it. Some people never break down until calamity hits. And that's, and, and here it is. God literally has the game plan to get this message across. I'm not going to do it the way you think I should. And when you see it go into action, I'm going to use this foolish method to shame the so-called wise. <laughs> I'm going to choose a method that you think is weak to prove that it ain't weak at all because and you just shame you that think you're strong and what you don't respect <laughs> what you don't respect I'm going to use that to bring all the stuff that you think is respectable low that's a powerful thing because nobody should be able to boast in the presence of God and it, it wasn't me it was God mm -hmm. If I, quote, unquote, have a great sermon on Sunday, guess what I'm going to tell you? You better thank the Lord because I don't care how much I do. I ain't that great. There are a whole lot of great preachers. There are a whole lot of people that don't have so-called names that are probably more powerful and prolific than anything you've ever heard. But because of how we view things, we miss those opportunities. Sometimes the things that we think are great amount to nothing. So... How? Because I, I feel like I know the answer, but I sort of want to just maybe just talk about it a little bit. Um, how should we expect any sort of consistency? And maybe maybe that sounds more inflammatory than I want it to mean. But like, should I expect God to show up? in a way that is predictable because I know God or should I know that God is going to show up un in an unpredictable way because I know God? I, I almost, I almost hate to say, I almost hate to say it this way. I should expect God to be God. Yeah. What does that mean? The consistency is, the consistency is God's going to do whatever God wants to do. Yeah. For sure. That's the, that's the consistency. Mm -hmm. So so how I deal with that, if I know God is going to be God all the time, then my expectation is, how God, however you want to do it, it kind of leads to the third point. However you want it done, that's how it's going to get done because God's method does not re require our approval. Mm -hmm. All it requires is our willingness to serve God's interest. And <laughs> where you have basically most men, most everybody are dead men walking 
and they don't become alive until God says so? That's almost that's almost straight up. You don't become alive until you encounter God. Yeah. That's 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 basic Methodism. <laughs> Ain't that something? Yeah. Like no, no, no Con- for real. Concept of being born again, right? Right. I'm I'm not alive until I encounter God. But see, but but again, but again. You know what? I gotta find it first. Mm-hmm. So if you got comment or if someone else got comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Let's, let's hear go it. to the, let's go let's go to the back first. Comment. Uh I have uh, uh experienced the unpredictables uh, mostly in my life. And from the time actually from the time I was born, that everything has been unpredictable and he, and from the time that I realized that that I am alive is when he has showed me things and I don't know if you guys believe in uh, visions mm-hmm. but he has prompted himself a couple times in my dreams and you know to where you know uh, has made me aware of more and more every day. And so it's like things show up in odd ways and sh- and tell me that he is wanting me to do this or following me this way. Um, like I said, I walk by faith and not by sight. And every day something happens to where it's either good or it's bad. And he... I feel more peace, like you said. I feel so peaceful in my life that no matter where I'm at, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I know that certain things are happening in my life that eventually that he's going to take me out of the situation I'm in. Right. But love, I mean, I've been trying to show this to other people. You know, like you said, when dead men are walking, you know, some people uh, see it more clearly than others. And I have seen some people on death row come out more peaceful and, and happy and glorified because they found their peace with God because life is not to... Uh, uh, meant to be the way it's supposed to be. So, um, but you know, live your life way he fought, tells you to. Well, actually inspires you in your spiritual life. And when you do that, you find more things than you would have imagined. So, and for myself, hey, just like finding three pennies every day. I'm glorified with that. So mm-hmm. Okay, mine was just, it's back to the relationship and the knowing of God. Just one, I think it's a quick one. You know how when family members die and it might be a horrific death or you lose someone under bad circumstances, mm-hmm. then you have these certain people that say they run from God is that from 
they've run away from God. They just they no longer got the belief and and certain stuff like that. But is that with a lack of relationship with God or not knowing God in the first place? It goes back to that. It goes back to what presentation of God did you hold on to? So like if I know if I know God in a certain way and then something something happens to shake that Okay, put put it like this. Mm-hmm. If let's say I was standing on this table, right? I would never st- stand on furniture in the fellowship hall. I I might stand on a pew in the sanctuary though. I ain't gonna front. <laughs> Y'all ain't seen that part yet. That, that's a that's a no no. That's a oh I've done it in the past. Now I'm I'm I've done it in the past, man. You know you got to know how to balance just right. You know. But, oh yeah, no, I don't. Mm-mm. No, nah, cause no. I'm gonna tumble over the front ways. I'm not oh, even no. gonna fall backwards. No, I'm gonna no. tumble over it's the front. Weight, it's weight distribution. You know, you gotta you gotta keep your foundation strong, and you stand up there like that picture of uh, George Washington. So you know, like that. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. None of that, y'all, man, whatever. <laughs> nah, but uh, but but um, if I was standing on this table, right? Table only has a certain capacity, right? You can put all kinds of stuff on it. No matter how it's constructed, it has a certain capacity. Some of our understanding of God only has a certain capacity. If we're not growing in grace as the, as the Bible says, we then say stuff like, I'm, I'm running because this thing shook where my capacity was. Now, I say it that way because there are some people that will never change about what the, their view of God mm-hmm. and how God moves in, in their existence. Yeah. So there's nothing in the world that's going to make them ever shake, quake, or whatever because they're just stuck there. But the thing is, we're always, we should always be learning something new about God and that experience with God, right? So here's, here's what I was looking for. If you were with us on Sunday, part three of our series was in 3 John Um, verses 9 through 12. But here's the part that was sticking out of my head and I had to pull this out. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. That's not the shout. Here's the shout. Whoever does good is from God. Mm. Whoever does evil, here it is, has not seen God. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Notice... No, who, whoever does evil, and and this is and this is why we have to continue to look at all these different things the way that we look at them on a regular basis, because you will know people have a relationship by the way they conduct themselves daily, not not in a moment, but daily. My approach should be such that when you see me, my relationship to you, when you see me. My hope is that you see that I'm kind, that I'm sincere, that I'm this, that I'm that. And even when I have a bad day, that you know me well enough to know today was just a bad day. And some people would say that's not consistency. That is consistency. Because if I'm consistently doing my best to be, that's consistency. Sometimes God doesn't show up in the way that we expect. Right. My encounter with God on a Sunday morning it may not come through that sermon. 
but it may come through someone hugging me because I was really low and there was nothing that could be said or done that was going to get me up. But a hug from somebody next to me because they cared got me out of the doldrums. You see what I mean? Your encounters are going to be different. But if we go into it, that's humility. I understand God is God all the time. That's understanding that, you know, no matter what, when God decides to do a thing, God always has a strategy. If I can just get you to the house of worship on Sunday after the week you had, if I can make sure that you have a mind to show up to be in the fellowship, right, so you can get what you haven't been able to get all week long, and then it becomes the, th and the thing that you needed all week long wasn't somebody hollering from the pulpit, but somebody literally standing there with you yeah. in the stuff that you're in, mm -hmm. that's powerful. That means God met you. Even if you can't quote a single thing that was said from the pulpit, God met you. And then because of that, because of that, we got to still remember, God doesn't require our approval to get things done. Don't need, don't, you don't, God don't need my stamp. Right. Yeah. Well, for what? That's too much work. To be go, wait, going behind God's back to figure out all this other stuff. That's too much work. I want to get this comment real quick. You need a mic. Need a mic. Need a mic. Thank you. Uh, talking about God's strategy. His strategy has his timeline on it. Right. And personally, and I say personally because I've experienced it so many times uh, regarding myself, regarding my family regarding my parents, but people have a tendency to be good with God as long as God is following their plan. Mm -hmm. And I think the, one of the biggest problems is they don't know how to wait on the Lord. And he has always said that, wait on me. Your thing is imperfect. Your time is imperfect. Your, your strategy is imperfect. But yet at the same time, I'm God. I'm in control. I have all the answers. You do what I say to do when I say to do it, and you'll be okay. It might not happen in a few minutes or way down the road. We never know. But we have to have the patience and the faith and the trust that it takes to wait on God. And if people would realize that, there's so many problems that they have that would be eliminated, and then they would have that peace in their lives that God said we could have if we just wait on him. I think. And I know that the peace that you promised me. Mm. It, you should learn to listen a little better. Golly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All the family. <laughs> this, 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 this ain't family feud. Right. This love, man. That. <laughs> Golly. People catching people catch strange in this mug. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think yeah. that, that there's a common thread between what all three of y'all sort of said, right? Like there's this... There's this mentality of, like you said, like 
we struggle to wait because maybe not because, but one of the reasons that we may struggle to wait um, has to do with the fact that again, we all have trauma and all of our trauma comes from the people that we deal with. So when we place that trauma onto God, it just becomes so hard to just sort of, sort of like how you were asking, um, does this person, did, did they ever, you know, would, did they ever have a relationship in the first place? And like, that's so hard for any, like, because that's so hard for any of us to judge because that's a process that each person has to sort of wrestle with in their, in their own way, looking for that peace that you were in that, that process of, this is why we always talk about why it's okay to, to, to have God and a therapist, because that journey of you learning about yourself, holding space for yourself, if I am like God, if I am made in God's image, learning about myself allows me to have a more intimate relationship with God because it allows me to be honest about the things that I need to be honest with myself about because there's been a safe space created. So, so it is that process of, and I'm not, I'm not pushing back, but I think it's, it's, it's hard for any of us to gauge where anybody else's relationship with God may be because hard stuff hits people in different ways. And, and yeah, that, that process of, being patient and working through that trauma and learning about yourself and learning how you respond to all of these things while wrestling with what trusting God looks like, I think is just something that probably none of us ever get perfectly, but that's, that's part of the, the joy of being in the experience, right? That, that space to not get it right, that space to, to maybe one day feel like, man, what is my relationship with God is crap. But then to know that the next day it can be something different and that grace is just such a beautiful thing to be able to live into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was me. I just wanted to know if it was because of their relationship with God or did they really know God in the first place? Everybody everybody's presentation everybody's presentation of God. I think that it's so yeah. It's so so let me let me say that well let let me do it this way. Let me look at a couple of these comments. I want and I'm not even gonna say the names, but I'm gonna read them because it's really relational. Mm-hmm. Like one comment, does everyone doesn't everyone have a personal relationship with God? God is our all in all. He's always there. We don't see him, but we know he is with us. No one is the same. That's one perspective. Another perspective is more, even more personal. The past four months, God has brought me through. He's taking care of my needs. <laughs> I tell everybody, nobody but Jesus. I turn everything over to him out of my situation he has given me a new vision. I mean, think. I mean, yeah. Come on now. God showed up with me even when I'm wrong. <laughs> if people don't show up at church, sitting in a pew, but watch the service weekly, for a reason, God knows. <laughs> people cannot be denied. 
And then on a personal note, I wish I could. There will be a time God will help me. Mm. People are in so many different seasons. Right. And and here's the th- thank you, Jesus. Here's the thing. We catch people in various seasons. Amen. That's we are literally a four season fellowship. What do I mean? Some people are in the winter, some people are in the spring, some people are in the summer, and some people are in the fall of whatever their journey is. I'm not talking about their lifespan. I'm talking about their actual growing journey. If you're in the winter, it feels like things are what? Too cold and dead. Mm. Like nothing growing. Right? But spring's coming. Mm. What James Taylor say? Winter, spring, summer, or fall? Mm. All you got to do is call and I'll be there. You got a friend. Yeah. Right? That's it. Look, look. Look, look. You better hit that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, this is what I'm talking about. Be yourself. I'm talking. You talking good, boy. You talking good. But that, but, but, but literally, we are in different seasons. So sometimes some people are in the fall finally reaping. Mm-hmm. Right? Some people are in spring or summer where they're planting. They haven't reached fall. So now I'm watching you prosper over here, and I'm sitting and I got a choice. Either I say, Lord, do as you've done for others. Do for me. Yeah. But guess what? You ain't going to reap the same thing. Yeah. But but when your time comes, just if you learned how to praise God for their harvest, guess what we ought to be able to do? When your fall comes and it's harvest time, guess what? We thank God. But if you spend spring and summer complaining that it's not fall, Yay! then you're not going to be ready when fall comes around. Because you weren't using the time to what? Plant. Yep. You see, ah, well, every well, time. Yep. But that, but that, and again, that, so, so if I'm running, to, if I'm running into you and you're in harvest time and you run into me and I'm like, I don't know when this is going to come. And you and I have similar experiences. You just happen to be in what? The harvest season. You also have a responsibility to look back and be like, oh, you in spring. And you don't get mad at it. You'd be like, let me tell you about what, what spring was like for me. Yeah. Because I know exactly, especially if it's someone that knows exactly what you're going through and you know exactly what they're going through. You'd be like, let me tell you about my spring. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't just get here. Right. Well, let me tell you about my spring. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, now you, and now when you see your role, again, this is how God unveils. God already had the plan set up, everything like that. But then you start seeing people in their seasons, not, in the, not where you want them to be, but you start seeing people in their seasons. And that begins to teach you how to what? Have empathy and sympathy and care while they're in their season. Right. So they may not want to run to the church because they're going through stuff. You need to remember about a day. But then you help them understand, I understand where you're coming from. And you don't even put a butt to it. You say, I understand where you're coming from. But can I tell you, <laughs> if you give it a chance in, your, in due time, God will. Because what God did for me, God can and will do the same. Come on. And, and guess what? If you're not selfish, you might even throw this on there. And maybe even more. Because I don't want to be a selfish believer. That's right. You know, what God's done for me, I want God to do for you and more. 
Because if God does for you and more, that means what? God is still at work. That's right. Yep. And I don't got to be jealous about a thing. God gave me mine. I want you to get yours too. But that's relationship. That's letting God be God. That's you getting out of the way. That's you not having to say, God, I'm endorsing what you want to do. I'm, I'm good with it. No, it's. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Right. <laughs> it's God. Go ahead. Do your thing. Every day, even in the wintertime, just like if you look at our animals, what do you see them doing? Eating. They are actually going out and finding food. Okay, there are certain places in some of these uh, elevations that uh, mountain goats find flowers that have mm -hmm. been growing for years, mm -hmm. and you, the harvest has never stopped. Every single day is a harvest to us should be to us because even now that you're speaking, you are actually harvesting the people that is in this room. When you harvest a, a person's words and soul, you actually becoming more and more uh, like a farmer because it is you take in more and more every day. And no matter what is type of season it is, winter is basically the same symptoms as, you know, even if things don't uh, grow food, but simple things grow food. And you and word is a harvest to some people. Just because stuff is dead don't mean everything. That's right. Last, Last one. one. Nope. Nope. Um, when we were talking about doing things God's way and in God's time, and when he says to do all that, that's disobedience. If you haven't followed his plan. And disobedience is a sin. And sin has consequences. And when those consequences hit us, then we're wondering... What's the problem? It's because you didn't do what God said to do. That's it. We like to learn the hard way, right? Yeah, but <laughs> as as many as the philosophy of many African American parents goes, a hard head makes for a soft behind. And I rather and I rather not have a hard head all the time. All the time. I, I rather I rather learn with clarity mm. while I got the chance. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this has helped everyone on tonight. Y'all weren't playing around today. I love it. Yeah. So just to fulfill one promise, I guess, or one request, next week we're going to have this discussion around one verse. Mm. There may be supplemental text, but one verse. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. And we're going to talk about 20, a 2020 vision test next week. Okay. So all of you that are online with us. Proverbs 29, 18. That 
that is where that is where we is going to be. And if you got a good study Bible, there are a whole lot of supplemental texts, and God knows what we're going to deal with on next week. As always, it's good hanging with you, man. And uh, we're going to trust God all the way like normal. Amen. King closes out tonight. Of course. Dear God, thank you once again just for an opportunity to dive in, to grow stronger, to learn and grow closer. Um, we've had 90 minutes of just tearing it apart, but we know that there's lots of stuff still facing us as we as we go out. Um, so help help your word to just continue to course through our veins so that as we encounter all of these things that that are are hard, whether it's health, whether it's family, whether it's finance, whatever it may be, Lord, just continue to instill in us that we turn to you to to process these things, to overcome these things, to get through these things, to understand these things. And if we continue to rely on you, you will continue to reveal things to us that we would never otherwise have known. So be with us and until we until we meet again. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We will see you Sunday at 10 a.m. And then back here next week, 630. We'll see you when we see you. Peace. Take it easy. <laughs>